The Locked and Loaded Latinos podcast is part of the Self-Defense Radio Network. All your pro-freedom podcasts in one place. You can find the Self-Defense Radio Network at sdrn.us. Some of the great shows that you'll see there are the Polite Society podcast, Self-Defense Gun Stories, Gun Freedom Radio, Riding Shotgun with Charlie, and many, many others. Thank you so much for being a listener, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. This is Rolo the Puerto Rican Pistolero, uh, and Clearly you are watching. Not ready for the show. Me <laughs> is why. And the Latina locked and loaded. My uh, my beautiful wife, and together uh, we're the locked and loaded Latinos. Uh, welcome to episode twenty. Uh, if you can believe it, that we've already made it uh, so far. I can't believe that we've already done twenty episodes uh, of the Locked and Loaded Latinos podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we hope you that you'll have fun with us tonight. We've got a nice uh, show, just the two of us. Uh, as usual, we can make it if we try, <laughs> you and I. Uh, so today, yeah, we, we've got a fun show uh, today. We want to just give a few shout-outs uh, to uh, Tony Simon. Happy birthday to Tony Simon. Uh, he's, one of our, uh, he's one of our best friends in the Second Amendment community. And he's usually in the chat, but I'm sure that tonight he's going to be celebrating. But we wanted to give a shout out. Watching our show on his honor. Yeah, I mean, if he is, I'm honored. But I'm sure that he's doing stuff with his wife and and having a better time or 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 doing something like that. So we wanted to give a shout out to Tony. And as always, the Locked and Loaded Latinos podcast. Oh, there he is. He is there. Tony. Hey, Tony. Hey, happy happy birthday. birthday. Uh, And as always, the uh, Locked and Loaded Latinos podcast is part of the Self Defense Radio Network. All your pro-freedom podcasts in one place. Uh, 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 many great podcasts such as Riding Shotgun with Charlie, Gun Freedom Radio, The Polite Society Podcast, and uh, who else have we got there? Uh, uh, guns, and, uh, guns, Gadgets, and Gaming as well, and uh, a few others. Many, many more. So go ahead and take them. Uh, go ahead and check them all out. There's a lot of great uh, shows on there. Now, without further ado, let's get started for the evening. Uh, Tonight, we are going to talk about a few different topics. We're going to talk about uh, our experience, our first experience as uh, range safety officers yesterday. Uh, We worked with uh, uh, Kwaku James from Taurine Industries and uh, his team. Torn Strategies. Torn Sorry. I always say, we always say Torn Tactical, too, because it sounds kind of like Taryn. So sorry, uh, Kwaku, if you're watching. so we were out there with him, EDC guy. He's in the chat. Uh, Ron, uh, Ron Scipio. He wrote an excellent book called Erica's Big Day. Let me get that. He was also there. He's a firearms instructor and a Second Amendment advocate. So we want to give a shout out to Ron. Erica's Big Day is a great book. If you have children that you're trying to teach about uh, gun safety and, and responsibility in the home, definitely recommend this. This is actually my copy that I <laughs> that I got for. Um, some of my nieces and nephews because uh, there is now a firearm in their home. So Mm -hmm. I've been holding on to this and it will be one of their gifts on Thanksgiving. So I'm really excited to give that to them. Yep. So shout out to Ron. Great book. I love it. Uh, Definitely great. You guys should check that out. He's an EDC guy on uh on instagram so if there's anyone with little ones little ones at home or if you don't have um uh little ones of your own if you have nieces and nephews, it's always a good idea to get something like that. And it's really cute, so mm-hmm. appreciate it. Yep. 
Um, also going to talk a little bit about uh, Biden and what they're planning uh, if, if and when they become president. Um, and did we already say we're going to talk a little bit about Kyle? Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, the Kenosha kid. He's out on uh, bail. I believe it was $2 million. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a little bit of a, uh, a social media stink up and scuffle with a black rifle coffee. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We don't have too much information. It seems like things are back and forth, but they've definitely uh, ruffled some feathers with that. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, we'll talk uh, on the lighter side of things. Uh, we just happened to stumble upon this amazing book. Uh, that we'll uh, that we'll read. It's a parody book, but it's how to talk to your cat about gun safety and abstinence, drugs, Satanism, and other dangers that threaten their nine lives. I'm totally buying this book, by the way, real life. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll read a little excerpt of the book if you guys haven't seen it. It's uh, it's pretty amazing and hilarious for gun and cat owners out there. And then we will close the show with the 17th Amendment in English and Spanish. So. Clearly, I have to practice because I saw my father-in-law today and he told me to practice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, so, yeah, yesterday we had the opportunity to go out to uh, Okeechobee, Gun, uh, Okeechobee Shooting Sports, I believe it's called, yes. up in uh, Okeechobee, Florida. So it's in the middle of Florida near Lake Okeechobee, if you guys haven't heard of it. It's the largest freshwater lake in, um, in Florida. And I believe it's the largest outside of the Great Lakes and Lake Champ, uh, Champlain, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, that's not important. If any of our listeners haven't had the opportunity to shoot outdoors, it is wonderful. Oh, yeah. Um, De- definitely one of the nicest ranges I've seen. I haven't been down to Homestead, if anyone for the South Florida peeps. Um, Homestead's got quite a reputation. We haven't been there yet. But uh, we have been to outdoor ranges, and this one was really, really, really nice. It was a little bit farther north um, Mm -hmm. than our local South Florida community. But uh, even the drive up there was gorgeous. I saw some four-foot cranes. I don't know if you guys know what they are. They're like four-foot redhead cranes. I've never Mm -hmm. seen more than two at a time, and they actually fly in flocks. So I got some great video. (laughs) Not that I'm going to share that right now. (laughs) But uh, apparently they fly in V formation, and it's just... I don't know if any nature people out there. It's awesome. So mm-hmm. get outdoors. Go to nature. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a great uh, great range. It's a NSSF five star rated range. Uh, it's one of the few ranges in Florida that has a long range shooting. So they've got a 500 yard range. They uh, they've got shoot houses. Uh, you can rent ranges that accommodate you know six or seven people for reasonable prices. Their memberships seem like they're very inexpensive. So definitely a place to check out if you're in Florida. Uh, and like we said, we were out there with uh, Kwaku James. He asked us to uh, help RSO along with his uh, chief RSO, Everett, uh, a, an introductory uh, pistol class that they had. And it was a great experience for us seeing, obviously, how uh, his uh, teaching methodology and uh, just being able to help and, and allow um, and Kwaku allowed us to give some of our feedback and experience. And we brought some of our firearms there so that uh, we could help. Showed just different styles of uh, firearms to some of the people that were there and spread a little bit of the word about us and what we do and uh, get to see a lot of new gun owners out there that are uh, and encourage them to be active, not just in, you know, owning guns and destigmatizing that, but becoming advocates for their Second Amendment and constitutional rights. So, yes, uh, to Jay in the chat, Argo Jay is in, in the house tonight uh, in the chat. Yes, that is a Django Fed helmet. I have had it for... 
as long as yeah as long as joe and i have been uh going out one of our first um couples halloween outfit yes we do that we're cheesy Mm -hmm. i was uh princess jasmine and he was Django fett in a suit yeah in a suit it was great Mm -hmm. so i've always i've been in the mandalorian since before the mandalorian made it popular so uh to all those other people out there it's just uh, posers you missed the halloween episode jay i did wear it (laughs) So if you go back to our Halloween special, I started the show with uh, wearing the helmet and wearing kind of a zoot suit kind of thing. I call it uh, Gangster Fett for the uh, old school, like, uh, speakeasy, uh, what do you call it, rum-running Gangster Fett. Because that just seems like what a Mandalorian would have done during the 1920s. He would have done rum-running since they were mercenaries and all that stuff. So, Uh, But yes, yes, that that is a, a Fett helmet, Jay. Thank you. Uh, so anyway, but let's, let's talk about let's talk about this weekend. And, yes, go um, ahead. So everybody, I don't know if you guys know, but I've been a little bit down about um, obviously where we're at in terms of the gun community. I don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks, the next uh, few weeks with Trump versus Biden. I, I pretty much get the sense that everybody has on some level come to terms with the very real possibility that Biden will be our president. I'm, I'm on there on that level, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's still some little bit of hope that I have. It's like maybe something will happen. I don't know. Uh, but for now, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident that um, Biden will pull through. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. So and then there's always been some rubbish going on, some distractions in, in within the community. Um, so it kind of gets me down. I don't like that stuff. Uh, I've mentioned it before. That's why I left the, um, the animal rights community back when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't like people being negative, so or just lots of drama. Mm-hmm. I'm a very just keep it clean, idealistic person about things. I get really excited, and um, I, I think people lose sight of what we're really here for easily. So mm-hmm. it was actually really refreshing. I wasn't expecting to get the invite from Kwaku to come up and help out with the class. And at first, I thought we were just going to be our something, but we actually... It was a pretty good experience. I got to see, uh, you know, obviously we've, we've been to classes, but this was a beginner intermediate class. Mm-hmm. And it was a pretty large class. Um, I don't know, seven, eight people? Uh, yeah, for, for that kind of class, it was good. It, it was intimate, uh, but we had enough people that uh, it was a good experience. It was, it was a decent group, a decent enough group that we had to pay attention and obviously make sure no, that I'm everybody's good. No, I'm talking about good. the education part. It was, oh, um, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed that it was in very interactive with mm-hmm. the students. Um, we got to participate too in answering some questions, and you know the questions that were being asked by the students in, the, in this particular class were pretty advanced. Um, you know, somebody actually wanted to know the second they heard double action, single action, his ears perked up and said, "What's that?" So I've never heard a beginner want to know everything right off the bat. So that was really refreshing and. You know, I think when we actually went beyond the average class and um, they took apart the different types of guns, you know, I had my CZ there, so they got to take it apart and, you know, they got to hear about uh, striker fired and hammer fired and all that stuff. So it was really, really cool. Mm -hmm. And um, I spent a lot of time on safety um, and it was actually quite a while before we we even had ammo going. Um, It was torrential rain. There was torrential (laughs) rain, yes. I got soaked and it was freezing and... uh, 
Ron told me to do a uh, review of my Under Armour tactical pants because they are awesome. They were well worth the money. So any mm -hmm. women out there who need uh, good tactical pants, the Under Armour ones, they're a little bit pricey, but they're wonderful. They dry like instantaneously. Yes. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of a uh, gear review on that. Um, but yeah, it was really refreshing. By the end, I was um, really just reinvigorated and it really made me um, come back to base and see what this is all about. Mm -hmm. The There was a lot of like during the downtime, during our breaks, people coming up to us and wanting to talk more about the constitutional side of stuff. Um, wanting to know where they can, you know, hear more about it. So that's pretty cool. Um, I'm very proud of the students in that class. And if anybody's feeling down, just, you know, go back to your basics and remember what you're here for. Definitely. So that's my review of the class. It was great. <laughs> Can't wait to do it again. Yes, uh, it was uh, it was fantastic. We had a great time. Uh, I think that uh, I like the way that Kwaku teaches classes. I really like uh, Everett, his, uh, his partner in crime that he usually brings on as his uh, chief RSO. He's a he's a veteran. Uh, he's a veteran. I believe he was in the Marine Corps, and he also did uh, instructing and uh, safety officer duties in the Marine Corps. So uh, he was great to work with, and he was uh, he was one of those guys that uh, he looks like a, a big tough guy at first when you see him, but when it comes down to shooting, he's like a little kid and he's excited. And he was like, "Oh man, when are we gonna shoot? We gotta shoot like whenever they're on lunch. We gotta go. We gotta shoot ourselves as RSOs. We gotta have some fun." <laughs> So uh, it was it was great, and uh, obviously Ron Ron was there giving some of his expertise and experience, helping uh, students out on the side. So it was it was fantastic. Uh, I thought it was great, and we definitely look forward to helping uh, Kwaku out in the future. And Kwaku James is in the chat right now. He said he missed your review. I'll summarize. <laughs> it reinvigorated me as a advocate, and it was wonderful. And your students had really. Um, great questions that went above and beyond the beginner level. And I think your class went above the beginner level as well, um, going into breaking down the parts of the gun. I've, I've been in beginner level classes and we did not do that. And that was awesome. Mm -hmm. So I definitely learned about DASA uh, guns much later than my beginner class. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was great. And, and, uh, and we're glad that we were able to contribute. Yeah. So that was, that was fantastic. And it made uh, me think, again, I know this is the, um, the motto slogan of the DC project where they say educate, not legislate. Um, I really think, I know a lot of people think like, well, well legislation is really important, but yeah, but I think if we said this before on the show, it's really important to educate people because they get over their stigma of guns when you educate people. Um, Top Shot Chris said the same thing when he was in GRBC. You know, his friend no longer was afraid of guns after he shot him. He thought he was going to turn into a villain. He didn't. Mm -hmm. So the more people we have peop uh, thinking along those lines, um, the more voices we add to the rally cry. So oh, Most definitely. So, yeah. Yep, uh, I dropped uh, Kwaku's website. If any, I know some of you guys uh, seem to be in South Florida or in the Florida area. Um uh, Okeechobee is kind of in a centralized spot, so it's about two hours north of the South Florida area where we're at. It's like an hour and a half from Tampa and Orlando, or around two hours, so it's kind of a centralized area. So check out his website. If you're interested in anything uh, introductory, concealed carry, or moving on up, check out Kwaku's schedule, and he might have something else out there that, that fits you, or if you want to check it out, 
Uh, check out his website and his social media. He's uh, he's expanding all of that, so definitely recommend it. And you'll see more uh, more stuff with us in Kwaku later on. Yeah, and if you're into mm-hmm. ornithology, that's bird watching apparently. Uh, <laughs> the area is very nice for bird watching. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Okay, so let's talk about Biden a little bit. Yeah. Yes, go for it. So I saw that um, he appointed, he's been appointing different people already um, as president-elect. So he appointed... Quote, uh, unquote, president-elect. Hey. <laughs> uh, he appointed a deputy chief of staff um, already, and he picked someone who was working with Beto O'Rourke during the primary, um, Jennifer O'Malley Dillon. So there's footage of Miss O'Malley Dillon from working with... Um, Beto, uh, apparently the footage is from October 2019, where she says that she supports the mandatory buyback of AR-15s and went on and on and on in the clip talking about how they're weapons of war and it was important to get the weapons of war off the street. Um, My comment to that is AR-15s are not weapons, you know, of war that are on the street. They're a defensive tool that are... um, usually in homes for use of invasion against criminals. So that's what I have to say about that. I think that there is going to be a big push for a mandatory buyback. Mm -hmm. Um, MLN ran an article that um, there's apparently a, a newspaper called The Trace that identifies itself as an independent nonprofit news organization that focuses on gun issues. Um, which sounds like something like that we would all be reading as gun people, right? But apparently, it's uh, funded by every yeah. town. It's yeah. their it's their anti-gun. It's like, an anti-gun, news, so it's yeah, not real website. gun issues. It's anti-gun and gun control issues. Um, the newspaper is run by Bloomberg's. Uh, every town president John Feinbelt is the chief officer of the newspaper. So basically, it's ba- every town is the. Um, main organization that Bloomberg funds that's anti-gun and yep. basically it's a newspaper but it's pretending not to be it's pretending to be independent and you know non-biased but um they are they basically went on record and gave uh what they expect to see with Biden's um immediate plans for gun control some people think that um this is going to be early on in his presidency where he's going to be working with the ATF. He's going to um, nominate a director who will prioritize um, gun control on a level we haven't seen before. Uh, Talked about ghost guns and mandatory buybacks and basically turning um, classification of firearms to make them, you know, regulated and taxed. Mm -hmm. Um, and for anybody out there who's not really well versed on why this is such a bad thing, I always hear this, um, well, why do I need to have an AR-15? Um, you know, it, the real issue is if you have multiple assailants, which can happen most, uh, home invasions is not just one person, it's somebody and their buddies. Mm -hmm. So you have a much better chance at surviving that, um, if you have a weapon that, that like an AR-15, 
Of course. Versus a pistol. And I mean, there's there's something to be said too about uh, there. I can't tell you how many videos that I've watched where you don't even have to fire a shot many times when you have uh, an AR-15, because it it can be an an intimidation factor. It's a force multiplier, and it is more effective than a handgun. So I've seen videos of. I remember one video. I believe I watched it on John Korea's channel, Active Self Protection. There's just a dude hanging out in his apartment with his friends, and some guys try to break down the door and do a B&E. They've got a handgun, and he runs up with, I believe it was just his Ruger AR-556. And as soon as they saw that, they ran right out the door, and he didn't even have to fire a shot. So there's something to be said about a weapon that is instantly recognizable. Everybody knows the silhouette of an AR-15 or an AK-47. Except for Captain America, apparently. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. We were watching. We were watching the Marvel movies again, and uh, during Captain America: Civil War, at the beginning of the movie, they're like, "Oh, the terrorists have uh, AR-15s." I was like, "Why would they have AR-15s? They're fully automatic. They're clearly not AR-15s. But why? Why would a bunch of terrorists?" Or uh, international terrorists or, or people working for Hydra use semi-automatic civilian rifles. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Hey, Argo J in the chat so. says he's living proof the AR-15 is beneficial. Uh, yes. He has uh, his, his, one of his, I don't know if it's your origin story, if we can call it that. But basically, um, Jay got into advocacy because he, he was a victim of a home invasion. And luckily, he's alive and a well and so is his family because he has an ar-15 um he was able to defend himself successfully with that mm -hmm. so you know there are plenty of stories of how ar-15s are useful and they're definitely not weapons of war nope. um the majority of them are used for that yeah. and, and even then uh, i mean we have to go back to the whole the weapons of war concept is entirely contrived anyway because i mean look we've got 1911 right here that was two world wars right that was the sidearm of of our u.s military personnel for almost 100 years really up and you know from the uh, the 1910s up until basically the 1980s when the berettas finally took over so that's a weapon of war is it not i mean i i i think that kind of constitutes that and obviously back in the day or even today, the militia was expected to have their own weapons that work. So that's your personal weapon. That's also a weapon that you would take to war. So a weapon of war is a very subjective comment because technically anything can be and anything may not be a weapon of war. That's just the way that it is. So this is another contrived term that the anti-gunners love to use and the left loves to use, uh, like assault weapons and things like that. They create terminology that really doesn't mean anything or that they can spin politically. And that's always been the way that it is, you know, and, and or other things like the myth that suppressors make guns completely silent. Uh, you know, that's always what the uh, the media does or that you can have crazy things on your gun. Like, uh, I don't know. Let's see what, what, what crazy things can you have on a firearm. Could it be something like I don't know what's going on, guys. Uh, I'm, I'm using demonstrations here. Uh, this is not a real firearm, YouTube, by the way. It's not even a chainsaw bayonet. Maybe, maybe this is dangerous. I didn't know you could have this on a firearm. Is this illegal? I don't know. <laughs> but you know, this is this is pretty much where they, uh, you know, they they try to come up with a lot of crazy terminology to get people scared. And uh, and that's what they'll always do. And you know? um, I forgot to say this. Biden's team actually um, had a statement on on the buyback um, <laughs> on Thursday. 
the quote was uh, President-elect Biden supports a voluntary buyback program and he says he'll either uh, says he either sell the guns back to the government or register them with the ATF. Um, sounds right not so bad to some people which eh, just register them. Um, there also would be taxed this would be uh, a $200 tax on those mm-hmm. guns. Um, so this of course is in theory a classist discrimination um where how does paying money make a gun less dangerous or help control violence you're basically saying okay well i'm going to register this item and then you have to pay x amount of money to keep that item well how does that payment you know me being wealthy enough to pay for that how does that contribute at all to controlling violence that makes no sense no it doesn't so basically that's how you end up with only rich people being able to have dangerous things i think that's true even for many of the things that are already registered for the atf like if i want to buy a silencer um that's ridiculous to me because a silencer the only thing it protects is my ears yep so only rich people can protect their hearing because they have to pay for you know, the, the tax. Yeah, on every single suppressor that on they buy. On every single suppressor. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm not saying rich in the sense of like, what, I can't afford $200, but you really have to stop and think about it from the perspective of someone who might be in a lower socioeconomic place. Mm-hmm. It's unfair. Yep. So, is this really helping anyone? Is this really preventing violence? It's not. No, it's It's basically just, just keeping certain things out of the hands you of could, the lower socioeconomic class. Exactly. I would make the argument that it's equivalent to obviously what a poll tax, you know, which Southern states tried to use to keep uh, a black people from trying to vote. It's exactly the same thing. It is imposing an arbitrary uh, obstacle in this case, a tax to, in order to infringe on somebody's constitutional rights. It was wrong. For, it, it was wrong since the beginning of this country's inception and it's wrong today. Uh, and, you know, the demographics may have changed from being a purely racial uh, motivation for these restrictions to now it is definitely classist based. But it does affect, you know, minorities and those in lower socioeconomic levels disproportionately. So uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. And it's something that we have to stand up against. And it's something that we really can't comply with at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no question about that. Um, I actually want to give a shout out to my father. He watches our show. He actually went and took the plunge and purchased his first firearm. Uh, I'm, we're extremely proud of him. Uh, he just picked it up yesterday. He got a Glock 19 Gen 5. Uh, we actually don't own any Glock, so it was nice to it was nice to mess with. It's nice pistol. I do love that new NDLC coating that they have. And we bought him a couple of magazines for his birthday and uh, gave him some hollow points, which is a, a pretty hot commodity nowadays <laughs> it's some, pretty hard to give cute, up and some cute glock accessories that yeah we, we had some nice glock accessories from a uh, shot show so we gave him all the fan the fan stuff so uh we're proud of him and we're excited to take him and uh out, out to the range and show him the ropes he is uh retired from the military but it's been a while so we're uh, we're happy to show him uh i believe when he was in basic they still had 1911s uh m1911s in basic or M45s, I forgot. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So, yeah, I know, Jay. I know you're a Smith & Wesson guy. But, uh, <laughs> but well, we went, we'll we went with the... We'll change, uh, change the, 
the trigger well, on that. Yeah, but we went with the with the mainstream choice that you can get accessories, and the magazines are insanely inexpensive. So, yeah, and we have uh, we had a lot of Glock accessories because we run our uh, Keltec Sub Two Thousand with Glock mags. Mags. Uh, I saw Confucius in the chat said Pennsylvania just passed an ordinance that people have to wear masks in their home. I, <laughs> I, I know thought, we usually don't talk about that, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, I actually, um, I thought they had done that somewhere else um, a while back, and then I read it into. You remember me complaining about? That? Yeah, I think you mentioned it. I think they were talking about it, and then they finally did it. Yeah, and then the. But I don't know if it was in Pennsylvania back in the day that I was talking about this. Mm -hmm. But I remember finally like reading the 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 real thing and it was actually not inside your home it was when you have gatherings in your home of mm -hmm. more than blah 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 people so I, I haven't checked out pennsylvania's um i did hear about it in passing but i i definitely need to check out is it or if you know let me know um is it actually as sorry as that sounds and do people have to sleep with their mask on because <laughs> that sounds really <laughs> uncomfortable i love i love the enthusiasm already as soon as you throw in like glock into the chat it's like throwing nine millimeter for versus forty five. I can't opinionate until I shoot one. I have never shot one, so obviously. the trigger wasn't as bad as we thought. It, it was it was all right. It was good for it was decent for a stock trigger. Now I, I've never shot the older Glocks. I don't know if Gen fives are just better in general. I do like that they finally have front slide serrations. I do like the coating. I think they look really sweet in that stealth black. Um, and the sights seem okay. I'm, I, I really haven't shot with the Glock square rectangular sights with the dot. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I shoot a lot of different guns with different sights and it kind of doesn't bother me. And if I'll be honest, the stock sights on my Canic, which is my everyday gun, I, I don't like them that much. I don't like them that hey, much, but I shoot well. doing better than us. Our first guns were Springfields. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I, I know. Some people are saying the grip angle. It, it didn't bother me that much, though. And I have a 1911. I agree that the 1911 is is a godlike, <laughs> is a godlike uh, angle, uh, grip angle. But I thought it was pretty good. So maybe I've just shot so many guns in my life that I'm not picky about it that much. I'm more of a trigger snob at this point. But I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. We'll take it out to the range. We'll see how it is. It definitely feels lighter than uh, the Canic and the CZs that I've, that I've held. Um, so yeah, we'll see how it is. I'm sure it'll be solid, but, but yeah. Hey, uh, Clover Tech. Hey, Clover Tech. How's it going? Thanks for stopping by tonight. But yes, uh, what, what else have we got on here? You got any more on Biden? Or That's pretty that... much it. Just, um, impending doom and gloom. Just keep, keep working on it. That's all. That is all that we can talk about. So let's move on to the next issue, which is we are talking about the Kenosha kid, Kyle Rittenhouse. So let's bring up, I had an article up here, but apparently I closed it. So yeah, so Kenosha Kid finally was released from jail on Friday after posting $2 million in bail. Mm -hmm. Shout out to his parents for raising that kind of money. Yes, and I believe a lot of that can be just the community at large, uh, you know, thinking that they wanted to support him. But yeah, he, uh, he was able to get out on $2 million bond. Obviously, it's pretty ridiculous that... This is a different question for another day, obviously, but sometimes it's pretty ridiculous that uh, that 
innocent until proven guilty, but you have to spend $2 million to gain your freedom by before the way, that. I, I don't so. know how this works, but I've, I was briefly told recently that bail, you don't actually have to pay the full thing in yeah. some places. Yeah, like some Florida, states you, you don't. don't have to pay the full thing. You have to pay like a certain percentage. 10%, I believe it's yeah. in, in Florida. In Wisconsin, uh, apparently you have to pay the whole thing. Yeah. So, so they actually legit paid $2 million cash. Yeah. Well, and oh, it, and I guess it's here. It's, it was the the two million dollars came from funds raised by Fight Back, an organization whose website is tasked to protect and defend the constitutional rights, livelihoods, and property of people and businesses that are being targeted and destroyed. There you go. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, uh, you know, we won't get into all the rigmarole or anything like that. Uh, oh, his bond was two hundred k. There you go. Jay has that on there. So, so different. So bond and bail is is. Yeah, I said bail. Different. You said bond. I was right. No, no, <laughs> no, I'm just saying what Jay, what Jay brought up there. So in any case, uh, he's out right now pending, obviously his, his case. Uh, we won't go into too many of the details of the case, obviously. Uh, but for those who don't know, he has been charged with first degree yes. intentional homicide and first degree reckless homicide in the shooting deaths of Anthony Huber and Joseph Rosenbaum during the Kenosha riots. Mm-hmm. Yep. So... I think really the argument that if you want to get into an argument about bail and bonds, you can c- complain that there's a lot of people that were Antifa protesters that basically got out because DAs didn't want to prosecute them uh, versus what, what Kyle is going through. Other people will say, well, he got away with, he got away with stuff. Obviously, you know, we're not on that side of the fence, but that's where the controversy is and it's all politics on each side. So in any case, the controversy that's going on right now is with black rifle coffee. So if some of you didn't see uh, Black Rifle Coffee, uh, Kyle, after he got out in bail, he took a selfie and he was wearing a Black Rifle Coffee shirt. Uh, that went viral. Uh, Shannon Watts, if you don't know her, she is with um, she's with uh, Moms Demand Action, I believe, or the other organization. Uh, Shannon Watts is with Moms Demand. Yeah, yeah. Shannon Watts is with Moms Demand Action, one of the largest anti-gun lobbies in the country. I'm sorry, I can't. I can't hear that word, those words without making fun of them. Someone really, like, they're marketing people. Come on, guys. Moms yeah. demand action. I think I've said this before. It just sounds like a bunch of women who have uh, uh, unfulfilled needs. But anyway, moving on. Mm-hmm. Shannon Watts said what? I'm trying to pull up the original tweet to see if I can show everyone so I don't misconstrue it, uh, even though, obviously, how can you misconstrue anything that she says? Oh, she actually deleted the tweet. So the or, that's right. So the original tweet was essentially uh, we've got it here on on. Let's bring it up on the gram. It's under. Uh, sorry about that. I had the tweet and then they deleted it. So Mom at Arms on Instagram has the original tweet. A child procured, procured a semi-automatic rifle from a teen who bought it with a stimulus check at Ace Hardware. He murdered two protesters and then wept saying, "I shot two white kids." He was bailed out of jail by domestic abusers. Now he has a coffee sponsorship. This is America. So that's what Shannon Watts said. And that's actually the tweet that kind of made it go viral. I know a lot of people are focusing on the fact that Black Rifle kind of supposedly gave him the shirt, endorsed him, and then they kind of backed out on it. Um, if, if that is how it all worked out, obviously what Shannon Watts said was pretty much libel because she's making a lot of accusations there that are completely untrue. But... Let's say if Black Rifle probably should have just not said anything if they were going to get into the situation. I personally think so. So, so we're, did they sponsor him or did they not? That's that- what I'm not sure about because I hear conflicting things. If anybody in the chat, if you know for sure if Kyle was actually sponsored or did he just decide to wear their shirt 
And then they got all, you know... Uh, because the stories on the internet, of course, this is all a lot of people just talking yeah, about it. Yeah, a lot of it is speculation. We've seen a few YouTube videos of people mentioning it. My personal opinion is if Black Rifle did give him the shirt... Okay, so Novico says they did not. So, okay. Yeah. So he's just a kid So he's just shirt. a kid. He probably thought Black Rifle Coffee Company, I'm going to wear the shirt. Maybe he already had it. Maybe somebody bought it for him because obviously I mean, he had near Black 15. Rifle Coffee has a great marketing... Um, yeah department i have two black rifle coffee mugs yeah uh, they seem to be everywhere yeah they and they are. have you know great slogans and great commercials and great products so i could totally see someone having a black rifle coffee t-shirt if you yeah. go if you're into guns i'm sure many of you have them mm -hmm. or at least the mug I, like i do yeah so if the company did endorse him and then they backed out i would be upset about it if they're just trying to distance themselves because it is still an investigation whether Regardless of what side we're on or not, you know, we want to avoid the, we really want to avoid becoming like the left. Uh, and in the sense that the cancel culture is toxic, it's terrible. So we don't want to jump on anything, especially when Shannon Watts was the one that threw out basically the most egregious tweet of all. So she probably, she may have created the rumor that Black Rifle sponsored him because she saw the shirt and was like, oh, well, that's what, uh, that's what they're doing. So. That's what I'm saying. I'm very skeptical of it. I wouldn't I wouldn't throw or disparage the Black Rifle Company or throw them under the bus. They're obviously veteran-owned. They've done a lot of good things. I, I've, From what I've seen, you guys can tell me we've only really been in advocacy for a year. So I'm not really sure. I could understand why they would not want to be a part of a controversy or an ongoing uh, criminal investigation. But... You know, it is what it is. I think that we have to hold our horses here and see what they say. I know that their CEO had a statement about it. Uh, take take with it what you will. You know, it, there's obviously a line there where, as a company, you have to be careful about what you advocate. Um, you know, he's still going through pending criminal investigation. There's obviously evidence that he had a friend purchase the firearm for them. You know, there's stories going all over the place with this case. So from a company, you don't necessarily want to jump on the bandwagon and say, well, we support his Second Amendment rights, but he basically committed a straw purchase. You know, whether we're Second Amendment ab absolutist or not, you got to understand that companies have to deal with other stuff that, that we don't, that they can lose their reputation. So that's just the way that it is. And, you know, obviously Kyle's going to have his day in court, whether a company is sponsoring him or not. I don't know why a company would sponsor somebody that's still pending a criminal case again whether you agree with it or not i just don't see how we throw them on the hook here you know unless we did find out that they tried to endorse him and then they backed out of it that would be a, a, a chicken move but if they didn't then it is what it is no big deal so we actually have uh, a statement from black rifle coffee yeah do you are you pulling it up yeah okay joe's gonna pull it up we'll, we'll check it out and we'll we'll bring it up here then you guys can kind of decide i know that a few people were Upset about it. Uh, I know Johnny Gundrama Johnny or Johnny B. Now as he calls himself. I'm sorry. He's changed his name, his channel name a few times. Um, didn't like it. He thought it was a punk move, but I think he was kind of working off the data that Black Rifle actually did endorse him. But again, I'm not really sure about that because I keep seeing people say that Shannon Watts was the one that kind of instigated everything. So again, Remember, one of the strategies of the left is always accuse your enemies of what you yourself do. That was from Sololinsky's Rules for Radicals. 
anytime that you see something that may look a little bit fishy and if you see it's a bomb being thrown by somebody who's anti-gun anti-freedom leftist communist socialist whatever you know any of the any of the groups that basically stand against freedom you got to take that with a grain of salt most of the time it's probably not true so that's how it is so joe's trying to look up that statement i will go through the chat right now see what you guys are saying because it seems like everybody's uh, pretty active tonight which we always appreciate that's what we love about doing a live show uh so probably because <laughs> Confucius says if he wore it on the way out of jail, it was probably because his clothes, uh, when he got arrested, were nasty and smelly, and they gave it back to you when you wore what you wore what you went in. Uh, Yoladama says the kid made big mistakes and we'll deal with it. Again, yeah, like I said, he's going to be in court, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Santiago Nieves jumped in. California, the chart radical Democrat governor, wants to impose a curfew from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. because the virus does not work between these hours. And the Puerto Rican uh, L.A. County Sheriff said no to him, no enforcement. That's that's fantastic. I mean, that's ultimately what we have to do here, right? With any of these laws that we feel are unconstitutional, whether it's uh, affects Second Amendment, whether it's the lockdowns or anything like that. I'm still I'm, listen. I'm in medicine, and and my degree is in in microbiology and immunology, and I studied virology, and I'm still trying to figure out how a curfew stops a virus from. Yeah, exactly. Especially when, you know, when we didn't cover that one in my class, when the day after the election, you saw thousands of people out in Washington, D.C., including uh, um, Senator Schumer drinking champagne and sharing it with one another directly out of the bottle. So Which tell me, I just want to say I would not do that. Yes. Yeah, so even under normal circumstances, without a, a pandemic going on, you no wouldn't do that. Herpes, yeah. So <laughs> it's pretty disgusting anyway. So clearly it seems like they're very concerned about COVID-19. I mean, it seems like they, it's, it's a big deal, right? And just for the record, I have immuno issues, immuno, uh, you know, compromised person. So I wear a mask. So I don't have a problem with yeah. that. If you're sick or don't want to get sick, wear one. Yeah. But I just and if you have elderly laws, parents or like, anything yeah, like that, like that's I totally do. fine. I wear one. Mm -hmm. Um, we just don't believe in the government imposing their will upon you. And I really think some of the laws are just silly. Like when you go to the gym and the machine to the left and right of you are X'd off, but the one in front of you is not. Like, or you've seen, I'm sure you've seen like machines like like ATMs or something. It's like they're, the virus only travels in a certain direction. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. You have two. We've seen that. You have two ATMs right next to each other, but then they put the X's for six feet of social distancing and the line behind. But, but if not two next people, to each other. Yeah, but if two people go up to those ATMs at the same time, they're literally like six inches apart. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not knocking keeping yourself safe. Yeah, I mean, uh, everyone pretty much wore masks yesterday at the class. Yeah. Nobody was weird about it or anything like that. It was just a matter of, hey, if you're in it, that's it. If you want to do it, you do it. If you don't, you don't. So, honestly, in an indoor range, it might not be a bad thing just because of, of lead and all that stuff. So I was My, my only issue with shooting with a mask on was um, my glasses keep fogging. Oh, yeah, it's a pain in the butt when you're wearing shooting glasses. So Yeah. Yeah. So I, I still would not be into it. I know they make little like plugs to put in your nose. You remember I got O2 armor. Yeah. We never tried it out. We got a couple of those. Yeah, like, yeah. The the, the vendor sent this. We should yeah. try it sometime. We will try it and let you guys know how they work out. Yeah. Well, after COVID, obviously. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, oh, I did find the, uh, the statement from statement. Black Rifle CEO. So I was expecting to see it when it pulled up the page. I didn't see it on their page, so I don't know if they took it down. I don't know where where it is, but I hadn't ended up having to find it in an article. Um, and I know this is it because I saw it on, on the original post mm -hmm. that I, I heard about it. So it's, uh, the company said, we do not support legal advoc advocacy efforts. We do not sponsor, nor do we have a relationship with the 17-year-old facing charges of Kenosha. 
Um, I only have a problem with we do not support legal advocacy efforts. Yes, that um, tells me that they really don't necessarily care about the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment, and that always brings it back to there's always this drama about uh, people to a butt. To, to a butt, yeah. Um, but people in the industry who don't actually care or support the Second Amendment, we see that a lot. We've heard the drama with uh, gun tubers who never mention the Second Amendment or any kind of legal stuff. Um, products, obviously, like Springfield, who basically, mm-hmm. as long as it doesn't affect them, they don't care. Yep. Um, I obviously have feelings about that. We talked about... The, I can't remember if I talked about this on our podcast or on Hank's. Um, oh, you actually found the real one. Yeah, I've got it on the uh, screen right now. There you go. You actually looked <laughs> harder than I did. But uh, I don't know if I talked about it on this podcast or when I was on Hank's. Uh, I I mentioned that there should be more people like Pete Brownell out there. Um, and that's why he's so beloved in the industry because, you know, he's one of the few people in, in the industry who gives back, you know. And there could be so much more going on for this community um, if they all did what they do. And it benefits them in the end. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how that's not a thing. Like if I was into making whatever product and there was laws that were being actively created against that product that I'm making, wouldn't you want to be involved in in the fight against those, you know, those laws against that product? Mm-hmm. It's just a cyclical thing. Um, plus, obviously, it's, you know, a constitutional right. So I don't get it. So, yeah. Sorry, Argo Day in the chat says Brownells all day. Yeah, shout out to Pete Brownell. Yeah, Pete Brownell's awesome. Uh, Brownell's is really one of the companies that puts their... what they do. Yeah, they put their money where their mouth is. They they believe in protecting the Second Amendment, and they, they support a lot of uh, a lot of the content creators and people out, and advocates out there. So a big shout out to them. Uh, I'll say so some people in the chat are saying boycott Black Rifle Coffee. Honestly, I don't drink Black Rifle coffee. So yeah, I, 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 I just haven't avoid. bought it. I I've, just haven't bought them. I have a free mug from them that I will keep using because it was a nice mug. Um, no one's seeing it. It's in my kitchen, so I'll keep using it. But I don't buy Black Rifle coffee. I buy donut shop coffee. So, And I recently gave up coffee. I'm back on that Earl Grey tea. You know. Yeah, Joe has made the, uh, if for all the nerds out there, She's made the Captain Janeway uh, from a Star Trek Voyager transition where she started with black coffee. And then by the end, after fighting against the Borg and everyone in the Delta Quadrant and getting tired, she's like, you know what? I'm going to switch to Earl Grey tea <laughs> or black tea. Yeah. No, I, I actually really did drink uh, black tea, uh, black, black coffee every day. No, no uh, creamer, no sugar. Mm-hmm. Unlike other people in the gun community who need a lot of cream. Six creamers? Six creamers. <laughs> I drink my coffee black. <laughs> I take that as a sign of strength. <laughs> it's not necessarily. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's an I'm inside It's not an inside joke or not. We're, we're throwing out there. Uh, Argo J and, uh, and Simon says, Train know who we're talking about in the chat. Uh, but we, uh, we love you anyway, uh, Six Creamer Man. We have nothing but respect for you. You, uh, your your food choices are uh, exceptional. Besides the six creamers, that's a little bit too much for me. Even uh, even for me, I usually do two. 
But uh, let's go into the chat. Uh, I believe that Confucius said we need a million man uh, armed march to Washington, D.C. I don't know if we can get a million man. Like, I think it would be hard to get. I, I do. We couldn't even. How many people? I mean, it was great last year's uh, two-way two rally. Well, in Virginia, in Virginia, they were able to get like 20,000 20, people open yeah. carrying. Now, obviously, the problem with D.C. is what are they going to do? Um, they're going to, they're, well, obviously you have to organize it. That's going to be the difficult part. So we can see social media companies trying to blacklist that I, I would think. Uh, so we probably have to use parlor and, and other alternative platforms to do that, which would make things a little bit more difficult just because of how many people are using it. You won't get the necessarily the mainstream people right away. And then uh, I want you guys to look up if you have not, um, uh, oh, he said individual state capitals. Oh, well. Oh, every state. Yes, I agree. I would definitely agree. In D.C., it would be more difficult. Uh, if you've ever heard of something called the Bonus March, I encourage you to look it up. Uh, it has to do with uh, veterans of the First World War before there was a Veterans Administration or any benefits for veterans. Uh, veterans of World War I were, guaranteed, were told by Congress and politicians that they were going to get a bonus for their service there because those that were... Base essentially drafted and taken into World War II or into the First World War were paid a lot less than the men that had to stay behind and worked in the factories. So the government essentially told them, we will compensate you for the difference in income of you obviously risking your life uh, in war versus somebody that got to stay home in a factory. So you're getting paid a lot less to put your life at risk. So it nearly took two decades for them to get that bonus. And a lot of the veterans camped up and protested and created a shantytown uh, in Washington, D.C. And actually, it was uh, President Hoover and General Douglas MacArthur who drove them out of the city and used actually the U.S. military on American soil to push the veterans out of the city. And I believe a couple of veterans were killed in this process. Uh, it was pretty disgusting. It was a dark day in our history. Um, uh, Douglas MacArthur had explicit orders to basically keep the army on the D.C. side of the Potomac and uh, and not push beyond the borders into the shanty town that the veterans had set up. But MacArthur said orders are just pieces of paper. I don't have to listen to that. So that's kind of a stain on Douglas MacArthur's uh, record, if you ask me. And Dwight D. Eisenhower was actually his uh, his executive, his second in command uh, during that. And he went to MacArthur and he said, your orders say that you were only supposed to keep them out of D.C. if things got crazy, not go into Virginia or push them across the Potomac. And that's when he made that statement about orders are just a piece of paper, which I thought was reprehensible, especially that you have a, a general in the army using the military against veterans themselves who fought actively in a foreign war in the first world war so definitely look that up look up the bonus army all that interesting part of history that i believe that there's a documentary on youtube uh made by pbs that's um narrated by gary sinise it gives you a nice story in about 20 minutes about everything like that it's pretty dark uh dark history and one of the big reasons that the that the uh hoover and the military wanted to push the veterans out is because the veterans, the shantytown they created was completely unsegregated. So you, it, for the first time, you had black and white Americans unified together for a cause, and there was equality between both of them. Uh, so it, it uh, Night Train says it, it actually spread from Hoover's administration until FDR when it finally got resolved that the uh, veterans got their bonus. So it was like a 20-year saga that they had to go through. 
Um, so definitely check it out. If I can find the video, I will post it. I believe that I have in the past, but a part of his American history that a lot of people don't know about, uh, that they should. And it will kind of change your perspective about a lot of different things, especially uh, General MacArthur. He was, uh, <laughs> he really wasn't a good dude. Um, let's be honest. I know that he was pretty much the hero of the Pacific. He never backed down, but between the bonus army and him wanting to basically drop 50 nukes on China during the Korean War, uh, he was a little bit, <laughs> he was a little bit of, uh, I would call him a statist. So, uh, definitely something to check out. I encourage all of you to see that and learn that history. I so. like the, uh, history corner. <laughs> I, I always have some random thing that I bring out about. I, I honestly, one of my favorite quotes is if, um, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And part of standing for something is knowing what it is. A lot of us are born and we're, you know, we are thrown into whatever culture that we're in, which is understandable. That's how it is. You know, we're born and if our families are Catholic or Christian or atheist or liberal or Republican, we tend to start moving towards that side. And sometimes we don't ask ourselves, why do we believe these things? And uh, I believe it was even, was it Franklin or uh, Jefferson that had the quote, question with boldness, even the existence of God. And I know this is a quote that I believe Glenn Beck likes to use as well. And it really means that if you are too afraid to question your own beliefs, to, to basically test them out, then you really don't have anything, any, any leg to stand on. So we, we really need to be, we need to ask ourselves, why do we believe so strongly in the Constitution? Why do we believe in the Second Amendment? Why do we believe in individual rights? Why do we believe anything that we do? Because we will always be challenged every day of our lives, anytime that we stand up for something. And we need to be ready to answer those rebuttals and even look ourselves in the mirror and say, am I on the right side? Or can, can, I, can I look at myself in the mirror and say, yes, I'm a person with integrity. This is what I believe. And this is why I believe it. I'm not just a blind follower. You know, even if we have people on our side, we want to make sure that they actually know what the Second Amendment is and what it's all about. Obviously, I will take somebody who is a, who believes in gun rights and all that on my side, but I would like to have somebody who's educated. And there are times when I've said to myself, I would rather have a, there was a student in Kwaku's class yesterday who I commend his courage because he admitted, I really don't like guns, I'm afraid of them, but I believe in the Second Amendment and I believe that people have a right to own firearms. I just, and I'm here to basically try to get over my own personal reservations with firearms but i don't believe that they should be taken from anybody else just because of what i believe and i thought that that was extremely refreshing it was great to hear about that and it made me think to myself i would rather have a thousand people who are second amendment advocates who who will stand beside me for my rights and won't back down who may not own guns themselves than a bunch of gun owners who would be willing to turn in their guns at the first sight of the atf changing any laws or, absolutely or that young man uh by the way was Quite, I could, I didn't, I didn't, I, I heard him say um, that he was from New York and he was scared mm -hmm. or he was trying to get over his fear, but I really got to see it because I was standing behind him and I was um, doing my RSO thing and keeping an eye on everybody and I could tell he was twitchy, like he was a little like, uncomfortable, yeah. He wasn't visibly uncomfortable mm -hmm. every time, like, you know, usually people flinch before their first shot when they're newish. Um, 
But he was flinching on every shot. But he kept at it. But he kept at it. Mm -hmm. And he was actually like a little, like he was shaky, you know? But he Mm -hmm. kept at it. And by the end of class, he was a competent shooter. And he was not bad. But he was still like, he was getting over that fear. And he pushed Mm -hmm. himself to the point of discomfort for his beliefs. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I would rather take 10 of him than someone, some tactical guy who, you know, doesn't actually believe in the constitution and his and the rights to the plug set. Yep, yep definitely. <sighs> so, uh, I mean, that 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 was a good story and hopefully he'll, you know, he'll work towards owning a firearm one day. But I commend him in taking the first step and coming out and taking a class uh, being receptive to everything, not being afraid to try it out and at the end of the class, you know, even if he was still a little bit nervous or uncomfortable, he left with a positive attitude. Mm-hmm. And it was impressive to hear somebody say like I don't like guns, but I support your Second Amendment right and you guys owning firearms and doing whatever you need to do with it. And that's great. So, I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, Mike White says, hell, I still flinch at times. I mean, anytime somebody breaks out a bear at 50 cal in the other uh, lane when you're shooting, uh, you know, regular rifles or uh, handguns, you're always going to flinch a little bit. What the heck they were shooting? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were actually shooting black powder cannons. There was like a flume of... Out, uh, of uh, of smoke like a bomb had gone off yeah. when I walked by it. It was definitely black powder. But Jesus, it sound it sounded like a, a cannon. Yeah, yeah. So it was I a was, big uh, deep thump. thump. So, so they apparently have everything, and it's great because it's almost like a country club the way that this gun uh, this uh, gun range is set up because they got a nice saloon with their pro shop and their gun shop. They've got a nice gunsmith. Uh, shop on the side. They've got nice rocking, like Carolina rocking chairs up front, and you know. Remember, guys, we're from South Florida. Like, yeah, so for for all of our friends out west, like we apologize if this seems like. Yeah, this is how all of our ranges are, or we just go out to BLM land and we shoot whenever we want. We don't even worry about range. What's a range? Being stuck inside of a bay. And for those that don't know, for our friends from the coasts. BLM land is not Black Lives Matter. It's Bureau of Land Management. So it's public land and you can go out west in the middle of nowhere and you can go shoot. You know, always clean up after yourself, though. That's a big complaint. You know, keep keep your environment clean. Go out there with a tarp, pick up your brass. Don't leave a mess and everybody can have a good time. And don't be don't be one of those idiots that likes to shoot when there's other people around downrange, too. I've heard stories of that, too. So (laughs) but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I <laughs> 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 choked on myself there. Sandal Shooter says, the first time I was ever in an indoor range, a guy a couple lanes over was zeroing in his 308 hunting rifle. Not the best first experience. Oh, yeah. well, the thing that we run into down here, especially everybody loves, everybody loves their uh, pistols down here. And by pistol, I mean brace pistols. So AK pistols, AR pistols, all the bunch. And everybody, I don't know what it is, they all love to go to indoor ranges and shoot their uh, and shoot their uh, their AK and AR pistols at like 15 yards, and it is absolutely crazy. And some of these dudes have muzzle brakes, and you know that they don't know about guns. They're just like, this brake looks badass, so I'm just gonna put it on there. And there's nothing wor- there's nothing worse than somebody shooting. Uh, yeah, I remember a, the one time I pistol. had to like stop and put in like double like inner ears. Oh yeah, I always have over ears. In yeah, it. indoors it's obnoxious. Oh, so I always like you want your pistol, you got to shoot it outside, man, because indoors you're just gonna blow. The concussion is just too much. So, but uh, 
But hey, Santiago Nieves Jr. in the chat says both Georgia Senate seats need to be won to protect our Second Amendment rights. That is correct because then uh, that is the only way we would get the majority. People sometimes mm -hmm. forget that Kamala, um, or assuming that she, they win and she'll be the vice president, um, the vice president usually is a tiebreaker when there is um, an even number of votes in the House. Mm -hmm. The House? Yeah. The Senate? Yeah. The Congress? I don't know. Yeah, yeah it, it would be the Senate. The Senate, yeah. yeah. You guys know I'm not. Joe's, uh, Joe's still. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a student of law. Joe's, Joe's a student. I'm so just <laughs> I'm bringing her up on this. But history. I know a little bit, so I yes. share what I know. Because, because she has the experience, and that's something I've seen. Maybe you guys have seen this too. This is totally off, a little bit off topic, but it seems that when we were going to high school in the early 2000s, you'd always go through history, an American history, and then it would stall out just right after the Great Depression. That's yeah, pretty I, much I, right where it I don't stops know what happened. I don't know anything. Nobody knows World War II. They don't know really, Vietnam. I was really high yeah. level. I was in the top 1% of my class. Yeah. Um, and I then European history is emphasized heavily. I was going to say, I know so much European history. I was obsessed with the French Revolution. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like we spent so much time on early American Um and I mean, not even, even local. I remember, but but I mean, colonial history, they didn't even focus on early American yeah, history. Yeah, That's colonial. the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So much of that. And um, kind of glossed over the world wars. And, and, you know, it was very, very fast at the end of the school year. And when everyone's minds are, are not on, you know, I think it was like our school year goes all the way to June in mm -hmm. New York. Um, so it was definitely like the last month was like, okay, and here are all the world wars and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, we just spent all of the rest of the year talking about, you know, Colonial stuff, and yeah. I'll tell you, even years of of uh, education spent on local stuff, like how to build a wigwam. Which I mean, you know, like you wanna, <laughs> you know, go back in time and, and give pay the dues to like the the you know the uh, bleh, the natives. The yes, but of I course. feel like I know more about the natives than I do than I did in high school and in middle school about you know some of the things that really really were important. Mm -hmm. um, there's def there was definitely a de-emphasis. I remember in elementary school, I got a better education on finances and personal budgeting than I did in high school. So it just seems like over the years, there's been a de-emphasis on history, on personal finance, on... My science education was top-notch yeah, in high school, though. On anything that... On things that have to do with woodshops, physical sciences, things like that have definitely been de-emphasized. Anything that makes you a more well-rounded, independent person that could actually survive on only a high school diploma versus being dependent on a college degree. And then, of course, in my college mm. degree, I, uh, as a STEM student, they let me bypass a lot of the history stuff. Exactly. I don't think I took any history classes, but I took a crap ton of science classes. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, and that's part of the problem why we're here today. Too many people complain about... The bad parts of history, they don't know the full picture. They don't know the founding documents. They don't know how things worked out the way they were, obviously. And then there are other people that know only the positive side of American history, obviously, without learning some of the negative lessons that we had to go through in the year. So it kind of devalues a little bit about how far we've come to see the mistakes that we've made along the year. So there definitely needs to be more of a balance. We need to learn everything. And I think it should be an emphasis on... This is what happened. This is where we're moving on. And you kind of make, you know, uh, make your own decisions later on, you know, a good, bad or indifferent and, and judge based on you have to judge people based on the times that they were in. Obviously, some moral tr uh, moral uh, standards are universal to the beginning of time. 
Uh, but other things, it's you have to understand the context of what people were going through at that time and what the culture was. It doesn't mean that you justify it, but you just have to say, hey, this is what people at this time that were teach, taught this way and that lived here, these are the decisions that they would have made. And some of them knew that they were wrong and some of them were fighting against it, but they were the extreme minority in those times. And I always go back to in order to, more, uh, to form a more perfect union, which tells me that we're always trying to make this country more perfect. It never will be perfect because the United States is a reflection of humanity and humanity is not perfect itself. So we need to keep continuing to move towards that vision that the founders eventually had. And obviously they gave us the mechanisms and the tools to improve and change it. You know, we can change the constitution. You would just have to work at it. So that's just how it's going to be. And it's, uh, it's tough and it takes work. And uh, a lot of people are too lazy intellectually to uh, check that out. And it's a shame. And that's something that we need to do as I feel educated citizens that we need to put those stories out there. Uh, you know, whether it's about what we specifically talk about here, which is primarily the Second Amendment or anything else, our constitutional rights, history, all that stuff. Uh, I don't know what this is referring to, but I like it. Anything that teaches, uh, in the chat, Mr. Apollo says, anything that teaches individualism is a danger to those who want to control us. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Actually, um, that is a really, it brings back a memory. I, once upon a time, pledged for a sorority. I'm not going to say what type of sorority or the names or anything like that, but one of the tactics that they use is they remove your individual uh, individuality. Mm -hmm. You all have to wear the same clothes. I remember I... Uh, I didn't even realize I always have stuff on my wrist. You can't wear anything. You can't wear earrings. You can't wear makeup. You can't wear anything. You have to wear the same exact thing. Uh, and one time I had a hairband on my wrist. And obviously, well, I won't explain why, but I couldn't see it. And it just went on and on about how we weren't in uniform. And I finally figured out there was something on my wrist. Um, and, of course, we got punished for it or whatever. I'm not going to go into the whatever the stuff that's not supposed to be known. But anyway. The point of that was to break us down as individuals and to create a just you lose your identity in order for them to get complete mental control of us. And you do. You completely stop thinking as an individual, start thinking as a union. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't realize that at the time. But that is a tactic that is used um, for anyone who's ever done that. You know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I have. On, on the smaller levels and on the bigger levels. Individualism is a danger. Um, and to those who want to control us, definitely. And that's where you get these words like mm -hmm. equity. Yeah, it's true. And, and, and the argument can be made uh, that a lot of these impending lockdowns are for control. I think it's obvious that, uh, you know, if I'm sure many of you may have heard about the Great Reset, if you hadn't, you should. It's not a conspiracy theory. The World Economic Forum uh, talked about it. Uh, they were open about it. The Prime Minister uh, uh, Trudeau of Canada talked about it openly. If you see a lot of uh, world leaders are talking about build back better, that's not just uh, Joe Biden's slogan. Boris Johnson of Great Britain said it. A few other world leaders said it too. That is the motto of the Great Reset. What the Great Reset is, is essentially rethinking capitalism and using the COVID crisis to basically put a reset on capitalism to make it more equitable and to make it into a system of stakeholder capitalism. And the ultimate goal is to have a great reset of the economic, um, of the economic system that we have now globally. 
The real goal is to destroy all small businesses, take away our independence, and allow the mega corporations, which collude with world governments, to basically take control. Because if we lose our self-sufficiency as people, either monetarily or with firearms, things like that, we cannot stand up to the powers that be. So that is one of the things that we need to pay attention to, one of the things that we need to be concerned about, uh, and, and something that you'll hear a lot more about. Now, the crazy and scary thing is that uh, I believe Time Magazine had an article about this, so they've all been out in the open. The New York Times did. But if you happen to go on social media and you talk about the Great Reset, they'll, they'll treat you like you're a conspiracy theorist, even though they're the ones who've openly talked about it. And I think that if there's one thing that this election has really done, you know, win, lose, or draw, whether Donald Trump is going to end up being the president or not, I think that you're seeing a great awakening, whether you want to call it a mass red pilling, whatever you want to say what, what it is. And I think that the reason why now you're seeing a lot of these elites, even though they are the ones that talked about the Great Reset openly, uh, now that they're trying to bring it back is that they realize, oh, crap, now there's like 70 million Americans that are actually awake to all this stuff, and they're not going to stand for this garbage anymore. And they're actually woke. We're the real woke ones, as in we've awakened. We know what the powers that be are trying to do. We know the threat that... Um, a strong centralized government has. We know what the threat to our independence is, and we know that it is not just a threat from political forces within this country, mostly the left, but there, it's obvious that many people on the right are in on this too, or I should say in the Republican Party, are in on this too. Elites, many large corporations. Uh, some of it has to do with environmentalism. Some of it has to do with just wanting control. Some of it has to do with a lack of belief in the capitalist system as it is. I personally think that they want to move towards Chinese capitalism because the Chinese aren't really a communist country at this point. They're basically state state controlled capitalism. I know that seems like what communism is, but it's it's I would say it's more closer to actually what fascism was back in Nazi Germany, where you have companies that may run independently and can make their money, but ultimately they they answer to the government and they are under the government's whims. And the communist Politburo in, uh, in China essentially controls them or heavily influences them, either by intimidation or maybe even having some representatives of those companies part of the government itself. So I think that that is the ultimate goal. It's to be create a Chinese form of global capitalism. Capitalism, in quotation marks, because it really isn't. So these are the things that we need to pay attention to. This are... This, we have to stay united. We have to stay strong. I think that in the coming uh, years, if Joe Biden is the president, whether you think that's legitimate or not, it's irrelevant because they'll put him in power. Uh, we need to be prepared. And I think we need to put pressure on our governors, especially if you happen to live in a state that's conservative. Push your governors to, you know, disobey mandates the same way that um, the uh the same way that uh, California and a lot of the more of the blue states have disobeyed federal law when it comes to immigration, customs enforcement, drugs or anything like that, whether you agree with that or not, uh, they've disobeyed the federal government. So I think it's time for red states to do the same thing. And I think ultimately the best case scenario that we can hope for is that we start moving back towards what federalism really is about, that we are 50 different states that outside of the Constitution, 
The Tenth Amendment gives them the right to self-autonomy to a certain extent. So maybe we will end up with that. We will end up with 50 states that have different laws that some of them, now they should all respect the Constitution, but some of them are going to be different. You know, uh, you can't have socialism, quote unquote, within the Constitution. California can try that if they want to. And if they fail, if and when they fail, you can look to a state like Texas or Florida that chooses not to do that. And they'll say, people will say, well, that's you a better don't system. Think the federal government's going to basically do what it always does, where it doesn't like something a state's doing and it's going to withhold funds. That's what they'll try to do. And it's up to us to tell our state governors to basically stand strong and say, there was a time in history. So are you, do you support, this is just theoretical, if let's say your state decides to basically throw the middle finger up to the federal government and they go, well, we're not going to help you. Would you then support increased state taxes or in the case of Florida, state taxes in order to... States can do that. We would just have to vote against it, but states have the right to do that. So that that is the con- that that's what comes with it. You will get different laws. You'll get different things like that. Federalism is is can be disjointed, and I think that is why I can see how I can see that the populace clearly did not like federalism because Congress took the power away. So obviously, last week we talked about the Sixteenth Amendment, which was taxation. That was the federal government taking more power for itself that it didn't have. Now they went. They went through constitutional means, so, I mean, that's fine. Whether we like taxation or not, they added it legally as an amendment to the Constitution. So there's not much we can do with that. Uh, Obamacare is a different story. That's considered a tax, but that was arbitrary. That was basically the Supreme Court, John Roberts, saying that was a tax. Congress didn't say that. They didn't make an amendment for that, so that's BS. Um, So that's where I have a problem. But if you follow the rules and you go through your state legislature— and I don't like it. Well, I can vote against it. Florida voted to increase the minimum wage. We didn't like that. But they also voted for Donald Trump. So sometimes that's just the way that it's going to be. And part of being a mature adult is knowing that you may lose. And sometimes you have to accept it. Now, if it's stolen from you, that's a different story. But if we become more federalist and some states decide to become more socialist and others become more, I guess, libertarian, as you would say, then that's why we have the freedom to cross between state lines without any restrictions and say, I don't want to deal with your crap. I'm going to move to another state. And that's how the founders originally intended it. So that's the way it is. If Florida screws us over, then we'll go to West Virginia or we'll go to Texas or we'll go to another state that uh, espouses to our beliefs. And that's the way that it was meant to be. I think people don't like that because it's a little bit inconvenient, but it's inconvenient to have your rights infringed upon. So (laughs) you got to choose one or the other. Do you prefer to have a job or financial stability or live in a place with beaches or whatever you may like? Or do you want to be able to speak freely, own the firearms that you want and not worry about the federal government kicking or state government kicking down your door and taking your stuff? So. Is my mic on? No, I don't think so. Uh, No, I don't know. Uh, maybe Joe wasn't quite talking. Are you muted? No, no, no you're good. I think you're good. So. So, yeah. But yeah, so that was our, our, our nice uh, little rant there oh, about politics. It's also Thanksgiving week. Happy happy Thanksgiving. Oh, yes. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Yes. If, if for those of you that don't know, since this is the Locked and Loaded Latinos podcast, uh, in Spanish, you say Thanksgiving Thanksgiving, which is spelled. I'm going to throw it in the chat there. It's, it's a funny joke that we say. So it's spelled San, San Gibbon. 
<risa> San Giving, ese santico San Giving que nos da tanta comida. San Giving, gracias. Yeah, so it's like it's like thinking Saint Saint Gibbon. Saint Gibbon. Because <laughs> so, it's a mispronunciation. Up before uh, when I was a little kid, I really thought there was a saint called Gibbon. Mm -hmm. It's real story. Yeah. So just like the throwing uh, throwing sandals, the chancletas and all that stuff, a lot of the stereotypes are actually true. Um. So a lot of people are not doing Thanksgiving because of COVID. Uh, just in case anyone is scared about COVID, my family decided to get tested because uh, we have elderly people. When you have doctors that work in the ER yes. and your family. Oh, no, no, no. So. You can get that. You can go, at least in Florida, you can go get tested and get same-day results now. Mm -hmm. So um, if anyone is uh, that concerned to the point where they're not celebrating a holiday about family and um, pilgrims and, and mm -hmm. whatnot, I'm, I'm honestly in it for the family and the excellent food. Oh, that's oh. right. We had one thing to bring up. We, we we went on a rant and we went over already past eight, but we did want to bring up something that was very while funny. You, while you uh, let me finish my statement. Yeah, sorry. Saint Gibbon. Um, look into your local testing centers, and they now at least they have uh, pretty rapid testing because most places have actually switched from their uh, type of test from a PCR test to an antigen test, so you should be able to get uh, same day results if you're interested. Just a little FYI. But anyway, now moving on to our cat book. Has anyone out there noticed that if you have a cat, I'm talking to your cat owners, <laughs> Jay, I'm sorry, we're going to be talking about cats. <laughs> Has anyone noticed that cats have a very unusual affinity towards guns? Ever since that our um, cat Ritsu, which is not... I don't think she's sleeping on the couch right not now. Not in the room. Ever since she was a kitten, her preferred place to sleep was our one of your rifle bags. Yes, yeah, so anytime that would break out one of the ARs and start cleaning it, she would go into the bag with the other AR and like nuzzle up and sleep on the other AR. She just has an affinity <laughs> to the rifle bags and to the actual guns themselves. One time I laid out um, a whole bunch of pistols on uh, a, our, our living room and she just wanted to sit on top of my CZ. What can I say? She's got good taste. <laughs> um, <laughs> So clearly, and I've heard from other gun people, there's actually uh, entire uh, Instagram accounts about uh, people's cats being into guns. And I mm -hmm. personally think that it's because cats, if you go to uh, e Egyptian mythology, supposedly cats are the protectors of the underworld. I secretly think there's a link there. That's my theory. Uh, <laughs> and that's why they're, they're, they can still remember them being protectors of the underworld and they're uh, affinity towards things of, of, of violence. I don't know if they have an affinity to, affinity towards knives. I have not yet noticed that. Mm -hmm. Anyone out there, um, let me know if your cats are into knives. I know they're into guns. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so... So today we were actually visiting my family, yes. and my brother brought up uh, to me this book, and I just thought it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> uh, it's obviously a parody book. I actually am very curious to find out more about the author, and I would love to email him and see if we could get him on the show. <laughs> Because I think it might be an interesting conversation, especially since this is total parody. So I don't know where on the political spectrum he stands on. But clearly, he knows enough about guns and conservatism or that line of the aisle that maybe he is. But let's read a short synopsis of the first chapter and see if you guys have a nice taste. This is just for fun. We'll see. So how to talk to your cat about gun safety. Do I need to talk to my cat? Uh, and again, this is let me give credit to the book and the author. Uh, this is how to talk to your cat about gun safety and abstinence, drug Satanism, and other dangers that threaten their nine lives by Zachary Auburn. It was written in 2016. Uh, okay. 
So do I need to talk to my cat about gun safety? The first question many of you will be asking is, do I really need to teach my cat about gun safety? The answer is an unequivocal yes. The Constitution of the United States of America guarantees us the right to own and operate firearms, and that is a right we must exercise in order to keep our country healthy, lest our democracy atrophy. It is the duty of all American citizens, as well as their cats, to be able to use and maintain a firearm. Citizens who cannot handle a gun safely are as irresponsible and useless as citizens who, not, who do not own a gun at all. Americans in their homes are under attack. It is imperative, for those that are listening, it is P-U-R-R, not imperative. So yes, it is a cat pun. In order to ensure the future security of our country, every man, woman, child, and cat should be able to defend our nation against the enemies of democracy. So <laughs> you can see there, I, I, I encourage you guys to check it out. Uh, it's, it seems pretty hilarious. I will be purchasing this book. Yes. Way, uh, I will give a review um, <laughs> for those cat lovers out there, angle lovers. I, I'm sure it's a, it's a funny book, but I just thought it was great. And some of the things that they go through in this ex excerpt are pretty much stuff that we talk about in the gun community all the time. So I thought that but was funny. But just wanted to let uh, people know we're not the only ones that are crazy. Novico yeah. in the, in the, I, I uh, don't endorse anything this author says. I don't know if this is like a, a, a leftist or anti-gun dude that's writing so. a parrot. I, I don't I think so. Don't think so. I, no. I, I, my money would be that. And some of the reviews guy. and some of the reviews make it pretty clear that it's like I read this thinking that it was parody, but it's right-wing propaganda or pro-gun propaganda. Even so, more reason that I have to get this book. Yeah, and then other people that said that they're Democrats and they loved it because it was hilarious. So I definitely have to read it. Now. Check it out. It should be fun. Uh, we wanted to bring up something that was lighthearted that still had to do with levity. Two things that yes, exactly. Two things that we love, which is guns and cats. Um, Novico in the uh, chat says, "I'm not joking. I would let my I would let my cat play with brass." And uh, <laughs> Screaming Skull Saloon said that his cat would sleep on top of his range bag. So it's not just us. It's and he grew up hating cats, but now that he has one, he loves them. Same thing. I, 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 I'm actually allergic. I don't know if you see me touch my nose a lot. That's because I I can't help myself. I like to nuzzle my cat, even though I'm very allergic to it. And I am always have an itchy face. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, let's check out the chat real quick to see how everybody's doing. Santiago Nieves Jr. Uh, threw out some information for two outdoor shooting ranges in, so in Southern California. So if any of you know anybody in Southern California that's looking for a decent range, you can try to check those out. Uh, thanks for the information there. And uh, everybody's giving out uh, information about their cats. <laughs> Jay says that the only good place for cats is in front of the muzzle. That's the best story, Jay. <laughs> Jay, you're such, <laughs> you're such a mean guy, man. <laughs> oh, man. We'll, we'll turn you around to the dark side one day. They won't help you out in a firefight, but they will... Uh, they are funny to watch. I think the thing with cats is that they uh, have dogs are loyal to a fault and they have all the positive traits of humans. Cats are more like humans and that's why some people don't like them because they can be selfish. They can be mean. Uh, they're lazy a lot of times. You can tell they're, they're thinking more about themselves whereas a dog is a completely loyal, selfless creature. Cat's like, no, I'm more like you. I know how the game is played. I'm going to play the game back. So I think that's why some people don't like cats and that's why other people love cats. That's personally why I do. I think it's funny. I think there's also a difference in cats. So yeah, oh, of course. Yeah. Their personalities are totally different. Like our parents' cat. I thought that's my mom's cat is totally different. That was different. my first experience with a cat. And I thought that that's what I would be getting. Like this little fuzzy creature that would want to sit on a my living stuffed animal. Living stuffed animal. Yeah. 
That's what I was convinced I would be getting. <laughs> and then that's not what I my child is like at mm-hmm. all. But it's okay because I grew I grew to appreciate her mm-hmm. her personality. So Just, yeah. Anyway. I think we have reached that time. So again, uh, if you want to check out that book, it is uh how to talk to your cat about gun safety. Search for that on Amazon. It's only six bucks on Kindle. If you have Audible and you want to listen to it, you can use a credit. Or, or if you want the physical book, you can give it a buy. Also, a few other shout-outs. Uh, Argo J, he's been in the chat all night. He has one of the best 2A-related shirts that I have seen. It is a play on other shirts that you've seen from other big advocates. I lost all my guns in a voting accident. His is, I lost all my guns in a voting accident. So I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was brilliant. I don't know why anybody thought, didn't think about it yet. So uh, Jay gets the credit for thinking of that first. I'm going to bring up, if you want to check out, I believe, argoj.com. Yes. Uh, we'll bring up his website there. Jay is really one of our, he is our brother from another mother. Uh, If you saw a few episodes ago, he was one of our first guests. Uh, He really, uh, he really brought us, took us to the next level when it came to advocacy. We were already in it. We had gone to the Second Amendment rally. We met him and a bunch of other advocates there, uh, like Tony, like Cheryl Todd. And, uh, but it was really Jay that took us under his wing, invited us to SHOT Show and taught us more about, not just being advocates, but being content creators and things like that and thinking outside the box and growing our um, our platform. So definitely give Jay some love. Uh, we love we you, brother. We will be getting these shirts. Yes, we're definitely going to be getting these shirts. Uh, let me bring up the website here so you guys can see real quick. We always believe in uh, supporting those who support you. So you can see the shirt right here on his uh, on his website. It's it's just it's, it's a pretty awesome shirt. Definitely got a chuckle out of me. <laughs> yes, it is. It is awesome. And so it's, uh, it's funny. I lost my mags in a voting accident. Sorry, is, is what it yeah, says. It's not a boating accident, yes, guys. Voting There's a accident. difference. This is actually tells us, has a message about the election. Okay. Yes, exactly. So that's obviously is a play on what we talked about earlier with uh, standard capacity magazines becoming NFA items on top of all these other things. So definitely check it out. Uh, great shirt. Can't wait to get ours and uh, support uh, Jay and what he does. So cool. without further reached, ado, oh we've God. reached everyone's favorite, especially Tony Simon's favorite segment. So it's his birthday Bobby today. Sorry, for butchering <laughs> this. I should have practiced. So, it was uh, a busy weekend, okay? Honestly, yeah, we were it was a really, busy. really, really busy weekend. A really busy week. Um, it's been getting crazy lately. You think with the holidays, time, things usually slow I down. I barely but. had time to play video games this week. <laughs> <laughs> so we are on the 17th Amendment. Okay, the 17th Amendment. The Senate of the United States shall be composed of two senators from each state elected by the people thereof for six years, and each senator shall have one vote. The electors in each state shall have the qualifications requisite for electors of the most numerous branch of the state legislatures. When vacancies happen in the representation of any any state in the Senate, the executive authority of such state shall issue writs of election to fill such vacancies. Provided that the legislature of any state may empower the executive thereof to make temporary appointments until the people fill the vacancies by election as the legislature may direct. I will interject here. This is what we're seeing in Georgia. There's a special election. So that's basically is a provision for special elections. Do you know when the special election will be held? Yeah, it's going to be January 5th, I believe. Um, But you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. So 
Uh, that will probably be the most expensive Senate race in history, I would think. With both parties sinking. Oh yeah, this is this is this is for all the marbles right here. This is the difference between Biden being a lame duck president for at least two uh, two years versus him getting everything that he wants. Um, and continuing on to the 17th Amendment, this amendment shall not be so construed as to affect the election or term of any senator chosen before it becomes valid as part of the Constitution. So there you go. So this was passed uh, in 1912. This basically changed that, you know, the people can vote for the senators and all that stuff. So. All right. Enmienda número 17. <clears throat> El Senado de los Estados Unidos se compondrá de los dos senadores por cada estado elegidos por los habitantes del mismo por seis años y cada senador dispondrá de un voto. Los electores de cada estado deberán poseer las condiciones requeridas para los electores de la rama más numerosa de la legislatura local. Cuando ocurran vacantes en la representación de cualquier estado del Senado, la autoridad ejecutiva de aquel expedirá un decreto en que convocará a elecciones con, con el objeto de cubrir dichas vacantes en la inteligencia de que la legislatura de cualquier estado puede autorizar a su ejecutivo a hacer un Nombramiento provisional hasta tanto que la vaca las vacantes se, cubrarán median se cubran mediante elecciones populares en la forma que disponga la legislatura. La legislatura. No, no deberá entenderse que este en esta enmienda influye sobre la elección o periodo de cualquier senador elegido antes de que adquiera validez como parte integrante de la Constitución. Yeah, yeah. That was good. That was good. <laughs> and there you go, uh, ladies and gentlemen. That was the 17th Amendment of the Constitution of the United States of America. Like I said, we're gonna take uh, we're gonna take some time, and we're gonna film uh, we're gonna film a video with all the Constitution. Well, we're gonna do the Bill of Rights. So the first 10 amendments. In English and Spanish, so we're going to do one video with all of them together. Uh, and then we'll come out with individual videos. We'll just clip that out and make it each amendment. So if there's anybody out there that wants to, uh, you know, share those out or anything like that, we're going to do that. We just needed some free time. Probably in the coming holiday weeks uh, here, we'll have some free time with vacation time that we'll sit down and, uh, and go ahead and do that. So Shout out to Santiago and the chat. He confirmed January 5th. Well, that too, yes. but I wanted to shout him out for um, telling a story about his Thanksgiving. He's going to have his 21 grandchildren with him. That's awesome. Um, and he also cares for uh, 11 of them. They live with him. He has a loss of two daughters in the last years, and his baby sister wow. will be there too. He has custody of them. Uh, so shout out for um, Grandfather of the Year Award there. That's quite a lot that you've got going on, and God bless you. And so hello, Len. <laughs> So that's it. Um, yep. Hope you guys enjoyed the show today. Yep. And we'll see you again next Sunday. Don't forget to hit the like button. Yes. And come on back next Sunday because we do this, guys, not to be big YouTubers. I could care less. Could not care less. Mm -hmm. um, if I ever make a dollar off of YouTube, which will probably not happen, uh, thanks to all the many restrictions on words that you are not allowed to say or topics. 
you know, um, these, uh, of course, Len, better late than never. We're happy you're here. Um, but we do this to continue the conversation and hopefully to educate. Um, and education is wonderful. So I think this is a great place for us to share ideas and continue the conversation that is very necessary that we must keep having and share it. It's an easy, um, accessible way to share with new gun owners as well. So that's why we do it. We do it for you guys. And, you know, we have uh, a lot of fun with you guys in the chat. So we really appreciate you guys coming here. Definitely. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I just saw Night Train said, I look like Gloria Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> He's always going to say that. So that's, uh, that's, that's going to stick from now on. <laughs> Everybody so, have a wonderful, uh, wonderful weekend and happy Sun Giving. I hope everybody is uh, has a safe and wonderful uh, Thanksgiving with their family and loved ones. And be careful with any uh, turkeys. I know there's always like some huge yeah, percentage of people who burn their house down. Do it outside, guys. We yeah, if you're gonna put it in a pressure cooker or whatever it is, uh, be careful about that. If you've never done it before, they will explode on you. I'll be having a very nice vegan Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> so. Thank, Thank you so, so much, everyone. We look forward to seeing you. We will we'll still be here next week. Um, I don't know if we're going to have a guest. Um, we have somebody lined up, but we're having scheduling issues. Yeah, and, and with Thanksgiving coming up, I don't know if they'll be able to come on, but we'll ask them this week. And, and if not, it'll just be us yeah. and you guys. It'll just be us. We, we always have a good time with you guys, so that's what it's all about. So thank you so much. Have a happy Thanksgiving. God bless, and take care. Be safe.